Yes, it is. And welcome back this Friday, August 27th, 2021. Sorry if I haven't been my usual upbeat the last 48 hours. It's been hard, as you can imagine, uh, for all of us. That, I, I would like it if America were, were a little more serious right now. I didn't see it at the press conferences today. I didn't see it from uh, Jen Psaki today. And quite honestly, you know, joking about joking about reporters, joking at all right now in the White House press briefing room. Um, it's it's not of the moment. It's just it's 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 a misreading of the room, which is our universe. It's a misreading of the room that doesn't exist just at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, but the universe. I know I know that they think it matters only what goes on inside 1600. But there's a bubble in that house, as there is a bubble in all of Washington. And I know people talk about it casually, and you almost think it's just something necessary to say. I, and, and I hated hearing people say once upon a time, well, I left Washington and I you know, was restored to common sense. I, I have to tell you, it's eminently true, eminently true. You lived there for 15 years, as I did, or 20 um, it changes it changes perceptions and you are removed uh, because your constituency is no longer the American people and what you care about or are forced or pushed or encouraged to care about in Washington, D.C. is not what's going on in Peoria or Phoenix or, frankly, Kabul. What you care about is what your boss or your boss's lobbyist friend or series of advisors is telling them, that's what you care about. And you end up losing sight of your reason, Atra, your reason for being there. It's how you get away with passing laws that in the light of day would never be accepted by the American people. It's how you get away with passing laws as members of Congress and the Senate that don't apply to you. A direct violation of what James Madison said was the guarantee against tyranny in Federalist Paper 57, that Congress would not be passing laws that didn't apply equally to them as well as to those who they apply to. There's a lot still coming out of Kabul, including, yes, what we discussed yesterday, the kill lists, which have been verified. I think the stunner for me today was learning about the thousands of prisoners, thousands of prisoners, most of them al-Qaeda operatives, okay? Again, thousands, most of them al-Qaeda operatives. Now, remember, when we went to Afghanistan, there were 400 al-Qaeda there. Joe Biden has told us that our mission is accomplished because we have substantially eliminated al-Qaeda in Afghanistan. It's not true. There's more al-Qaeda in Afghanistan today. And we learned that when the Taliban captured Bagram Air Base, which we had, which we owned, when the Taliban captured Bagram Air Base last weekend, not even a week ago, senior Al-Qaeda operatives, by the thousands, were released. 
were released. Between 5,000 to 7,000 prisoners. Between 5,000 and 7,000. Okay. Okay. Do words fail you? They fail me. They fail me. It is a betrayal. It is what Brian Kennedy said, malfeasance. It's all the feasances. It's malfeasance, it's misfeasance, and it's nonfeasance. You heard report, at least one reporter today talking to Jen Psaki, asking her a question, suggesting another plan of action than the one that the Biden administration has militantly adhered to. And she conceded, yes, I'm sure there were tens of ways we could have done this differently. Don't, don't, don't start telling us you're proud of what we're doing when you can tell us that there are tens of different ways this could have been differently, done differently. Every caller to this show had ideas on how this could have been differently, and I still don't understand how this administration can blame the previous administration for anything having to do with this when you consider that the previous administration's planning was supposed to have us out by May. The President of the United States in May, as in April, as in March, as in February, as in June, which follows May, was Joe Biden. There was only one commander-in-chief that could have changed the May date. And that wasn't Donald Trump. It was Joe Biden. And the plans that went along with it. I'm not wedded to May in any sense. Not wedded to May in any sense. I'm wedded to doing this where we're not embarrassed on the world stage, where we don't leave men behind, where we don't leave women behind, where we don't leave any man or woman on the field. We used to say those things. Those used to be our mottos. They used to be our mantras. You know what else used to be our motto and mantra? We don't negotiate with terrorists. That stopped happening a long time ago. We say it. Everyone says it. It's not true and it doesn't happen. We do negotiate with terrorists and it's awful. If we say it, we should mean it. I'll tell you something we should say. Say their names. That was a mantra that has been popular in certain parts of the United States and certain communities, particularly in crucibles of violence between police and citizen. Say their names. Say their names. Well, if anyone has an extra name, let me know. But the names I have who lost their lives yesterday in Kabul are Marine Corporal... Riley McCollum, Marine Corporal Jared Schmitz, Marine Corporal David Espinosa, Navy Corpsman Max Soviak, Marine Corporal Hunter Lopez. Their ages, 20, 20, 20, 20, and 22. Jackson, Wyoming, Wentzville, Missouri, Rio Bravo, Texas, Berlin Heights, Ohio, and Riverside, California. You honored us 
with your service and sacrifice. And I want to spend some time in the next segment picking up on that very point, something I've been talking about all week, the notion of what it means to sacrifice or die in vain. We will return to that in the next segment. There's another piece of news that came today, and it leaves me speechless as well. I don't think I'm making too big a deal out of it. It shook me when I read it. The man who was convicted of assassinating, murdering Robert F. Kennedy in 1968, Saran Saran, was released from prison today, having been granted parole. Age 77. Saran Saran assassination of Robert Kennedy in 1968 to my mind, and I'm willing to be corrected, was the first Arab terrorist attack in the United States of America. Saran Saran has told interviewers, including David Frost, it was found in his diary, that Robert Kennedy had to die because of his support for Israel. In fact, Black September of the PLO hijacked a Khartoum embassy threatening that they would not leave unless the United States released Saran Saran. Just a really odd day. A really odd day. And I don't know what's going up with that Kennedy family. But Robert Kennedy Jr., his testimony at the parole hearing was evidently critical in Saran Saran's release. His testimony being that he doesn't think Saran Saran was the sole assassin or even the right one. Unbelievable times we live in. What did John Lennon day say? Strange days indeed. Strange days indeed. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, your open lines, Friday, 602-508-0960. Portions brought to you by my favorite air conditioning, heating, and plumbing company, Cool Touch. Cool Touch Air Conditioning, Heating, and Plumbing. That's the company I use, my friends use, my family uses. They're open 24-7 for your emergencies. Gosh knows air conditioning and plumbing problems don't just come 9 to 5, Monday through Friday. And with Cool Touch, when they say they'll be there, they'll be there. And when they say they'll be there and get it done, they'll be there and get it done. And when they say they'll be there and get it done, and it will be the most cost-effective experience with air conditioning or plumbing you've had, they mean it. It's a customer service you just have to kind of see for yourself. For all your air conditioning or plumbing needs, Give my friends at Cool Touch a call, 623-734-1932. That's 623-734-1932. And as usual with Cool Touch, kick back and relax. They will keep you cool. CoolTouchAC.com is their website. CoolTouchAC.com. Uh, um, 
Supreme Court today slapped around the Biden administration. Do you remember when Joe Biden, not a month ago, said he couldn't extend the COVID-related eviction moratorium on renters and lessees because he didn't think it would pass constitutional muster? based on what the Supreme Court had said only earlier this year. And we woke up the next day to find out that Joe Biden is good. He said he didn't think it could be done, so he did it. And we woke up the next morning to find out that they did extend the eviction moratorium. Well, today the Supreme Court, in an unsigned opinion, said no. They wrote, Congress was on notice that a further extension would almost surely require new legislation. Yet it failed to act in the several weeks leading up to the moratorium's expiration. If a federally imposed eviction moratorium is to continue, Congress must specifically authorize it. Now, you had progressive congresswomen led by Cory Bush and Ayanna Presley protesting the Supreme Court decision came down yesterday, actually. Protesting the Supreme Court decision, saying they will not stop protesting until the moratorium is restored. They're protesting the wrong president and they're protesting the wrong Supreme Court. They're protesting the wrong institutions. They should not be protesting the presidency or the legislative branch. The legislative branch had spoken, and it told Congress if they wanted a moratorium, pass one. Pass one. And Congress didn't. Note to Ayana. Note to Corey. The U.S. Constitution does not have an asterisk at the bottom that says except for coronavirus. It does not have an asterisk at the bottom that says except for coronavirus. I'll give another note to Corey and Ayana and their team. The other note is that the body that would pass such a law, they are members of. Not only are they members of it, they are in the majority party of it. Their boss, their leader, is Nancy Pelosi. If you want action on an eviction moratorium, call your office, call your boss, call Nancy Pelosi. I know right now it's a long-distance call because the last time I saw her, she was ho hosting large events, maskless events in Napa Valley for political fundraisers at $30,000 a pop. Yes, you heard that right. Bill, even, and I don't know your circumstances, but let's assume for the sake of argument that you and I don't have $30,000 just stashed away for the rainy day fund. Let's just assume that for the moment. If we did, or we had multiples of that, could you envision spending it to have a lunch with Nancy Pelosi? No. I can't either. There are people that can, and perhaps that's our problem. We don't understand that. Maybe that is our problem, and I want to do. I do want to come back to that. 
it is unfathomable for me that someone would put down a $30,000 check to have a group lunch with Nancy Pelosi in Napa, unmasked during COVID, of course. I want more of it. I do not agree. I want more of the maskless events. I do not agree, obviously, with conservatives who say they shouldn't be doing that. But nor do I agree with the liberal journalists who think that that's what most conservatives have been saying, because it is not. When conservatives criticize Nancy Pelosi for doing this, it's or take Barack Obama's birthday party, criticize what took place on Martha's Vineyard. It's not because we don't think Barack Obama and Nancy Pelosi and their friends and supporters should enjoy life as freely as they can. Hardly. It's that we have wanted all Americans to enjoy life as freely as they can for over a year now, and they are the self-same ones who are telling us we can't. They are the ones telling us we can't while they do. One rule for the Greeks, one rule for the Romans. That's what our objection is. That's what our problem is. If you want to live freely, welcome to the party. If you want to condemn violence against the government, against governmental institutions, against police and law enforcement, welcome to the party. We have nothing to apologize for on this front. I think you have a lot to apologize for in your camp. I didn't get to the issue I said I wanted to, which is what it means to sacrifice or even die in vain in this segment. I will do so in the next, and we'll take your calls, 602-508-0960. And I'll put out the call I have all week, hearing from anyone who currently or used to wear the uniform of the United States, whether you fought or didn't, whether you were in this theater or not. I want to hear from you. I want to hear what your thinking is. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. Stay tuned. We have a lot more coming right up. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. 602-508-0960 is our number. There's our guy, Charles in Phoenix. Hello, Charles. Hello, Seth. How you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Fine. I guess we're okay, but our country isn't. That's right. That's right. We are okay, but our country is not. You know, I hate to say this, but I have a depressing thought. Before that, uh, a lot before, of people before you do the depressing of... thought, what's this Sirhan Sirhan thing? Does that not shake oh, you? Doesn't that just, isn't that shaking to think about? Don't get me started on, on that one. I, I, Here we just, go I just gotta, I, I gotta think, Charles, someone like you would, will have good words for it, but better words than I, especially given your writing skills, but I just think about this man who changed the course of history the year I well, was. Well, it hasn't sunk in with me yet, okay, so okay. I'm sure some things will. All right, all right. When, when it, it comes, type it up and send it my way. Yeah, I will. All right. I What's your depressing will. thought? What's your depressing thought? Um, a lot of people are talking about how much they want to try to get rid of Biden, impeach him, court-martial him, get rid of him. And, of course, you said, and many people have said, well, then we get stuck with Harris. Just for the heck of it, I went 
on uh, Google and looked for the line of succession. And if you kept going, if you found that enough of these people were crooked and you could find a way and there was ever any possibility, which I don't think there is, but any possibility to get rid of them, how far down can you go in the succession? And it's pretty depressing. Yeah, right. Because no, after, right. after Harris, you have Pelosi. That's right. And then after Pelosi, you, have the you attorney actually get general, I think. In, I think. What's that? Do, don't you get to the attorney general at that point? Well, yeah. You or do you get, get the president pro tem of the Senate, maybe? Yeah, you get that's Leahy. Okay. And then I think after Leahy, you get Blinken. Right. And everybody down the list is a uh, appointed. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You get Secretary member, of State. Then, right. You get Secretary of State, then Attorney General. I hadn't thought of this in you a while. Right, Yellen, right, right, you get Yellen. You get Austin. Right. You get Buttigieg. Yeah. You get all these people. You can't. You can't go anywhere. It's 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 literally people that are on the same equivalency as Biden in in any kind of um, uh, presidential skill, and so you're basically void of government. I mean, actually, I think you're the more I think about it, convention of states. Actually, Charles, the more I think about it, I mean, it's hard to say this with a straight face because it implies that Joe Biden or it it it, it accepts that Joe Biden is um is in control of all faculties but but having said that assuming he is everyone you've mentioned is to the left of biden i know it gets pretty bad yeah, i mean at least yeah. with, if something happened to trump you had like guys like pompeo sure. and mike pence sure. and ben carson yeah. even elaine chow yeah. would have been better <laughs> right. i mean or i don't know devos i mean i don't know i look at this and these people didn't even run against Biden. They were not the ones that actually got elected votes from anybody. A lot of these people were just old retreads from the Obama years. That's right. They always bring out the usual suspects. Right. And then here they are over and over again. And uh, I just, I don't know, this, this government is just devoid of, of anything. I mean, the, that's what the Democrats asked for when they chose as... We've said quite often when you choose to vote against somebody instead of for somebody, then that's what you get. I think the um, the notion that impeachment is a depressing proposition, as you put it, is right. The only reason there won't be an impeachment is the reason that Joe is because Joe Biden has not crossed the threshold of engaging in a high crime or misdemeanor, you see. He didn't call Ukraine. If he had called Ukraine, perhaps, impeachment would be on the table. And it is a phone yeah. call. It is a phone call, Charles. It's not a visit, because we know he visited Ukraine. In fact, when he visited, he came back and bragged about threatening to withhold funding to the governmental operations of Ukraine. So I know it's not a visit to Ukraine that um, that uh, uh, catalyzes impeachment. I know it's not that. It must be a phone call. So without him making a phone call, I just don't think impeachment's going to be on the table. And you know, I have a question too that uh, I just thought it, of. It might. It might be. On, it might. It might be on the table if Joe Biden were to say something unfortunate in an unguarded moment, like "March peaceably." Then maybe, maybe impeachment would be on the table as well. If he in an unguarded moment told his supporters to march. Let me take a quick break. Let me get you on the other side of the pick up your last thought on the other side of this break, Charles. I'm Seth Liebson, 602 508 
800-848-0960. Be right back. Well, guys, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. I, I really try very hard to create create ear, earworm, earworms for the weekend on these Friday shows. I, re, I really don't. But most of the music could create earworms, couldn't it? My love grows where rosemary goes. Charleston Phoenix, thanks for your patience, sir. I know you had some other thoughts. Well, I just had one quick thought. You were talking about Ukraine and all that and Joe Biden and all that. I would love to ask a liberal parent or one that wants to become a parent that's liberal, if they had their choice and they had the ability to wave a magic wand and make it happen, would they actually seriously prefer to have their son be like Hunter Biden or Eric Trump? Because hmm. I listen to the way people, the same people that talk about Eric Trump and Ivanka and all these, how terrible they are because they're oh, yeah. capitalists and all this stuff like they, can, they can't eat they, peacefully. They can't eat peacefully at a restaurant. Yeah. No, and they yet, can't. They get roughed up at restaurants. Yeah, go ahead. Well, and I'm just saying that they say such bad things about them, yeah. and then they say nothing about Hunter Biden. Oh, it's... Would you, uh, I mean, would it, you, Seth Leibson, yeah. would you prefer to have your son be Hunter or Eric? I'll tell you, I'd go even further. I'd say I'd rather, I mean, think about even your your son's best friend. Would you rather it be Hunter or Eric? Who do you think would yeah, have your son's best point. interests uh, at heart? Who do you think would make your son a better person as a friend? Which is the yeah. Aristotelian definition of a, of, a, of, a, of a true friend. No, absolutely. And I can take it a, a step further, Charles. This, this, this... You can think of the examples um, ad nauseum. Take the California governor's race. If you were curious as to how it stood, you'd probably do what I did, which is put in the search terms, poll, polling, California, Larry Elder, right? Or Gavin Newsom. And the first story you get, of course, is... One headlined, Larry Elder's California recall rise has even Republicans uneasy. I'm going to say something about that in a moment. Don't let me forget it, Bill. The headline about California Republicans being uneasy. Do you realize that if Larry Elder is elected governor of California, which I think, again, is likely, um, he will be California's first black governor? Do you realize that of any party? Where's that article? Where's the article that's from the Washington Post titled Inside Larry Elder's Campaign to Become California's First Black Governor. Where's that headline? You won't find it. You will find if you go through the past headlines like Inside Andrew Gillum's Campaign to Become Florida's First Black Governor. You'll get that from the Washington Post just as you will from the USA Today, get the headline, Flora gubernatorial candidate poised to make history and other takeaways from Tuesday's election about Andrew Gillum. 
Or you could get a piece out of the Politico, the headline of which Andrew Gillum, the progressive vying to be Florida's first black governor. Or you could get a headline out of the Wall Street Journal, just replacing it. Andrew Gillum could be poised to make history in gubernatorial bid. Democrat Andrew Gillum faces former Representative Ron DeSantis. What about that Larry Elder headline? Where is it? Larry Elder could be poised to make history in gubernatorial bid. Where are those headlines? Where are the headlines over the pride of breaking a glass ceiling? Only if you're a D and only if you're a leftist does the media care about breaking those glass ceilings. Only. Only. And, of course, they will do anything and everything to defend their leftist preference. I don't know who has a more sordid life between Hunter Biden and Andrew Gillum. But Larry Elder doesn't. Larry Elder doesn't. As far as this nonsensical headline, Larry Elder's California recall rise has even Republicans uneasy. I get it. I know the left pretty well. Used to be part of them. I get I get it. This was the same playbook they threw against Donald Trump. All these Republican organizations and Republican leaders who couldn't vote and would not vote and couldn't support and would not support Donald Trump. Boy, I remember getting the emails with their names, their names on it, list of prominent Republicans denouncing Donald Trump. Outside of Bill Kristol, I never had heard of any of them. If I had heard of them, if I had heard of them, it had been from years past when they were serious. Christy Todd Whitman, give me a break. When's the last time she had anything to do with anything? Larry Elder's California recall rise has even Republicans uneasy. I'm not even going to open the article. I know what Larry Elder stands for. I know more than the reporter about Larry Elder. And I know more about Larry Elder than any of the people they might have selectively interviewed. If you are for lower taxes, generally you're a Republican. Larry Elder can talk tax rates like no one else. If you have a plan to solve homelessness and welfare and crime, likely you're a conservative or a Republican. Larry Elder has all of those. Any Republican who thinks Larry Elder doesn't represent them, he's pro-tax cut, pro-life, pro-solving the homeless and and welfare and educational issues with choice, These are standard Republican causes, standard Republican ideologies. There's a phrase I don't use very much. You know it all. You know it well. Rhino, a Republican in name only. I don't use it very much because of a few reasons. Mostly I just think it paints too broad a brush. But any Republican who right now tells you the idea that Larry Elder would be governor over Newsom makes them uneasy, 
tells me it has nothing to do with being a Republican in name only. They're not even Republicans. They don't even know what the Republican Party is or stands for. It's nonsense. How about some headlines inside Larry Elder's campaign to become the first African-American or black, capitalized black, governor of California? Can we do something like that? Is it too much? Andrew Gillum got him. No, it is too much, and we won't get it. And you know what? It's just fine. It's just fine. We'll point it out, Charles. You're right to point it out. We'll continue to point it out. It's the world we live in, and it's important to show people, even liberals and progressives, the world we live in. I don't think even they can deny the notion that Larry Elder is black and would be the first governor of California. And it is as interesting, at least, as whoever the first black governor of Florida would be. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. I kept uh, saying that I wanted to talk about this notion of sacrificing in vain. I want us to get this right. It's obviously something that trips off the tongue quite easily now and quite um, familiar. I was doing everything I could to look at this concept from basically Gettysburg until now. And I think the best thing I've seen is from an army major named uh, Kavanaugh, Major Matt Kavanaugh, written in a piece called War on the uh, – written on a uh, website called War on the Rocks, titled A Soldier Can Never Die in Vain. He's responding to a columnist from a couple of years ago who said – to Marcus Luttrell, the lone survivor, yes, yes, the men who tried to save you and died did die in vain when you consider everything that took place in the cause for Afghanistan. And what Major Kavanaugh writes is the logic is that if the war, battle, or judgment military judgment was wrong, then a soldier's death will be in vain. As far as courage is concerned, this person who thought Marcus's colleagues died in in vain wrote, however honorably a soldier acquits himself, he can die in vain. But this confuses, I think, valor and vanity. We should scrutinize some vanity, the vanity of declaring so publicly the actions and lives of valorously decorated military men or even unvalorously decorated men of the military. It's an awfully big vanity to say that their actions and lives were to no avail or without success, which is what in vain means. If it seems off to say so about a soldier who dies in action. That's because it is. In vain is verbal carpet bombing and always results in collateral damage to a soldier's reputation. I want to speak about that more in the next hour. I think we should retire the notion that a soldier can die in vain. I'll tell you more about that. 
I do think an election and a presidency can be in vain. And I think we're watching that right now. I don't think a soldier's life can be. Before we get to that, don't go away. I want to tell you about what's going on. And we often talk about school choice here. And you always hear me say school choice is a great thing, but it's not the only thing. There are some good private schools and there are some private schools that are just as bad as the public, especially when it comes to understanding the health, science, and social success of your child. We're going to talk to the parent of one such when we come back. We will be right back.